Welcome to the Craft to Career Podcast with Elizabeth Chapel, where every week we dive into how you can turn your craft into a successful career. Get ready to have the career you've always dreamed of. Hello and welcome to the Craft to Career Podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth Chapel, and I'm really excited for our guest today, Jess of the Long Arm League. Jess and I met at QuiltCon last year, and we connected right off the bat because we are both entrepreneurs, we both have a membership, we're both very business-minded, and we love just chatting. And I wanted Jess to come on the show to talk a little bit about her journey, her business, how she's finding success. It's really exciting because her husband actually was able to quit his job and just focus 100% on what she's doing. So I'm really excited for you to meet Jess. First, I want to read a review. This review is from a soul survivor. Soul is S-O-U-L. And it says, genuinely wants to help others. I am just getting started on my very own small business, and this podcast is so helpful. Elizabeth is here to help business owners succeed. There is no competition. There's no comparison. She's genuine and has great tips to help. The best episode for me so far has been the one on social media. As someone who dislikes social media, she's been able to help me break down my own worries and get to a point where I can use social media. Also love the podcast with her therapist. So helpful. Thanks, Elizabeth. Well, thank you, a soul survivor. I actually really love this review, and I'm so glad that the things that I'm sharing are actually helping people, like are tangible things that you can apply, especially when it comes to things that are tricky and can be really hard on a business owner like social media. So thank you for that review. If you want me to give you a shout out as well, feel free to leave a review and you can put your Instagram handle, your name, your business company, and I will share that on the podcast. All right, let's dive in. And I'm excited for you to meet Jess. So Jess, can you tell us what your craft is? And when you first started to think, oh, this could be a career. Ooh. Yeah. So I have a similar story. A lot of us were moms first and found ourselves at home with a baby and thinking, okay, now is there something else that I can do during nap times or making items for kids? And that was sort of how I got deep into quilting. So I love how it was such an organic, like I just loved, I couldn't get enough information about quilting, like from the library, like where, when, um, you know, blogs were first becoming popular, I guess in, um, 2005, 2006, sometime Mm -hmm. around there. And I just purely loved it. I tried to take as many in-person quilting classes as I could. And I just got so deep into it. And I, I loved every part of it. And over time I did start thinking of like, okay, now how could I, you know, I think that's the, everybody wants to turn this something that they're really passionate about into a career. I I shouldn't say everybody, but that was a big, um, part of my life and I was doing it anyway. And I was building my skills. I thought, you know, how could I make money from this? So I 
started by making, cause I loved the whole, I loved the whole process of it. I loved, um, picking out fabrics. I loved making my own designs. I love the process of sewing it together. And I especially love the quilting part. So in order to utilize all of those interests and skills, I made custom quilts for people. And I don't even remember how long I did that, but it was, it was a step that I had to take, but there's a reason why you don't see so many custom quilters out there. I'm sorry, like making a quilt from start to finish when I say custom made quilts, mm-hmm. um, because it's not very lucrative. And I just, but I loved it so much that I didn't even really care at the beginning. Um, but then I, we were in a, such a, small starter home, I guess you could say. And so I felt in my bones that long-arm membership or sorry, long-arm ownership was the next logical step, but there was just no way to make it work with where we were living at the time. So I kind of just held on to that idea and goal. And so when we um, finally moved into a house that had enough room and enough space because these machines are 12 feet and you need like a foot on each Mm -hmm. side. Um, when we moved into a larger house is when, um, I bought my long arm and that was probably the most, um, okay, now this is a business because before I feel like it was a hobby just because I wasn't, um, making tons of money, but I was learning so much, you know, setting up a Mm -hmm. website for the first time and all the, um, all the steps that you go through in your mind to think about how, how am I going to present my offer? What are the costs going in? What are the time? Like you have to do all these calculations. So it was definitely priming my brain to think about it as a business, um, doing the custom made quilts. But when, um, when I got my long arm that, allowed for a little bit more sustainable income. And again, just, I mean, there's so every step of the way is learning and growing and, and figuring things out. So I, I would say that was when, um, the business really started and that was 2012. And yeah, so since then it's just been, um, a process of evolving and, checking in with myself to see like, what do I want to do? What do I want to work on? Um, and so I started hand guiding the quilting for my customers at the time. Mm -hmm. And the better I got, the more I was asked to do custom quilting. And so my customers were bringing tops to me, but then I was quilting each area differently and spending a lot of time and putting a lot of thought into the overall, um, design of the quilting. I was doing show quilts, like all that kind of stuff. And, um, I got really burnt out (laughs) doing Mm -hmm. that. So yeah. Yeah. Um, shall I continue? Because (laughs) (laughs) these are the, you know, beginning sort of stages of what my business is today. Um, so I, I transitioned at that point in time into more, um, there was also significant mom things going on at the time. And like my kids, my kids needs changed. And I, um, started homeschooling for a couple years and that was 
really, um, I have a, my oldest son is on the spectrum. It was kind of struggling in school. And so, uh, behaviorally in school, I should, I should know just such a, a curious learner. And he looked like the educational part wasn't the struggle, but we decided to pull him out of school and I homeschooled him for two years. So during that, that two year period of time, it felt so good for me to just shut down the custom quilting part. And in the, um, available time I had, I started writing quilt patterns. And so I did that for a few years. Um, and then I, oh gosh, there are a lot of phases of this business here. Um, but then I decided to get a, um, computerized like robotics component for my, for the long arm that I owned. And that's when I started getting into computerized digital quilting. And that was just another new phase of the business. And then I, um, after several years decided to start teaching other people how to, how to be in business for long arm quilting, because there are, no, I don't want to say not a lot of resources, but so many times, like you don't know a whole lot of other people who even have these machines. Mm-hmm. And so to find people who are also doing it for a business and to share information with each other. Um, that was something that I was really interested in and exciting about. And that's, that's the introduction to like where my business is now. I started the long arm league in August of 2019. And it's just been like, I've been obsessed with it ever since. And it's been so much fun. And that's, that's what I'm doing today. I love it. I, a couple of things I was thinking about while you were speaking one at first, when you said I started this hobby and I loved it. And, and I thought, well, how can I make money with this? I am so intrigued by that because I feel like there's two pools of people, one who just, you know, even with quilters, they're like, no way. I have no interest in the business side. This is my hobby. And then there's a big pool of us who our minds think that way, like business wise. And it's, I don't know if it's like our muscle fibers are just, you know, engineered that way, but, (laughs) but I find that interesting. Um, and the different pivots that you've taken with your business. I, I mean, yeah. Tell me as you went along the way and you tried, you tried quilt pattern designing and why, why did you decide that's not for me? You know, it was probably, um, I don't want to say I was bad at it. (laughs) (laughs) I doubt that. Well, no, it was more like, gosh, it was hard to, I don't know if I like gave up on it too early. There was a, there was a lot of things there and I'm trying to like pinpoint. So I was making some sales, but it wasn't like, it wasn't substantial enough to think like I had a real future in it. Mm -hmm. And also like kind of going back to, Oh my gosh, I'm going to say something so embarrassing, but I'm going to just like (laughs) plow ahead. Yes. Um, and I've said this before and it embarrasses me every time, but I almost felt like, so quilting and doing like the quilting stitches and long arming, I felt like that was my gift and <laughs> this is where we get to the embarrassing part. Then I thought like, okay, 
stopping doing that and writing patterns was like Michael Jordan going to play baseball. Like he wasn't in his. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and not like, I'm not the Michael Jordan of anything. Like, trust me, but Own I it. almost felt like being like I was moving away from my gifts, even yeah. though I really liked it. And it was a fun challenge. Number one, like if I, if I was just like, so freaking successful that, you know, I think if it really caught on early enough for me and I was making serious money doing it, I would have been like, Oh, okay. This is my new, this is what I do now. But it wasn't like that. It was like, I was having modest sales, but then I, I really felt like that was my first um, passion. <laughs> like I tried to piece something quickly together just so I could get to the quilting part. Gotcha. And I think like realizing that about myself and knowing that I just love making, you know, the texture of a quilt come to life after it's been pieced that that was like where my true gifts and energy and focus and passion, that's where it was. It wasn't yep. with the, with the pattern design, although I really liked doing that too, but I just, yeah, I needed to stay in my lane. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's good for business owners, you know, someone who does have a craft to realize there are different aspects of a craft and finding what you're really passionate about, what you really love. And it's okay to jump in and give it a try. And if it's not, if it's not your passion, that's okay to pivot and try something yes. a little different. And then you mentioned your long arm league and how much you love it. So yeah. I met you in person I don't think I, I think this was the first time we actually met ever, but it was at QuiltCon. Yep. Um, I can't remember what year, what, 2020? Yes, it was right yeah. before the world shut down. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> I'm glad we got to go, but I met you and you were with your long arm league friends and we were like at their little coffee shop there and you could tell that this group of people, they were super connected to you. Like the bond that you all had, I was, I felt lucky to, I felt intrude, you know, like, oh, I get to join, you know, this group of people. I mean, your love and passion for that group is evident and you could see oh, it there. Thank you. Thank so you, you can tell that that's, that is something that you love. Well, we connect with each other. I mean, there, there are not, I mean, there are a lot of us, <laughs> there are dozens of us, no, but there it is something that you're like, Oh, you do this too. Like this brings you alive too. It's, it is that connection is, is really fun. And I am invested in, in a lot of these, um, people and I, I just want to see them succeed. Um, and they are, yeah, we just have so, so many points of connection where it's just easy to be with quilters and it's easy to be with people who are doing the same thing as you too. So, well, and one other thing that I've noticed about you and that I find exceptionally rare, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm looking the wrong places, but you have this mentality. Some people might think, why would you teach someone they're your competition, but you are very good about headspace, you know, changing your frame of mind, looking at things in abundance. I think I've heard you say abundance so much. And is this innate? Was this a learned thing? Tell me a bit about this thought process of yours. Okay. Well, first of all, thank you. Um, I am, yeah, it's not natural. <laughs> it's not, it's not my default state. Um, I, I just had to work through a lot of fear, I guess. And, 
um, it's been a conscious choice to learn from other people um, in order to have a more abundant mindset and outlook. And so there is a part of me that I, I think I've always been a natural encourager and I just want to see people succeed. But like that part is probably innate, but like getting out of my head and getting out of fear, I've had to, I mean, I listen to business podcasts, books, like I'm, I love learning about, you know, other people and how they approach the world and what they think. And so a lot of my growth has come from intentionally like seeking out those resources and learning from other people, because I just don't think that I would have had the courage or the confidence, I guess, to mm -hmm. strike out and like help other people along if it, if that wasn't a gradual like learning process over time. And so I'm glad, like, that makes me really happy that you say that because I, I, also want to show other people like we, we can create and serve people in the world unlike anyone else can. So even though like with digital quilting, technically like we have similar equipment, we can buy these designs that are available to everyone else. So it's like, what is your special sauce? What do you bring to the mix? How can you offer your service in a way that your clients will love. And it's, it's how you're using those tools that are available to everyone. It's how your interactions, how you make that client feel like, I just, I just think that there is more than enough to go around and we're tapping just even a small segment in a small portion of the quilting community that I don't think we need to be afraid of, um, of our competition, quote unquote. Uh, so yeah, that's a big part of, I try to be, um, upfront about, we value, um, that collaboration over competition. That's, that's one of our huge, um, I guess values. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've seen that so much and I just feel so strongly about that. So, and I've loved that about you because it's human nature. It's, and I don't know why it probably comes down to some evolutionary thing of, you know, cavemen or whatever, but uh -huh. where it's this, no, me, I need to take care of me and I don't want, but it's so much more beautiful. And I do believe the bigger success comes when you can embrace that. So I've appreciated that with you. I'll come to you and share, you know, these doubts or whatever. And you'll be like, let's change the mind frame. I'm like, Oh yeah, <laughs> let's change the mind frame. <laughs> so thank you. Oh. Now, one thing I'm really intrigued about, and I think our listeners will be too is okay. Well, first of all, two things, but we'll get to the second one later. You, you, you live in Iowa, correct? And yes. there's a big quilting magazine in Iowa. Yeah. And you worked with them. Can you tell yes. us a little bit about that? Yeah. Okay. So yes. Um, Meredith is a publisher that does quilts and more American patchwork and quilting quilt sampler magazines. And so back when I was doing pattern design, it took like so much, <laughs> um, internal talk and persuasion to even like submit a design to a magazine. Like, I don't know why that was such a big fear of mine, but I did. And it's like 
they're friendly. You're you're giving them content. <laughs> like I understand from um, a business perspective now that it's it's really not that big of a deal. Like right. but it was to me at the time. So I don't want to I don't want to invalidate those fears. I guess that other people might have, but it's it was a hard thing for me to submit that design. And my first design got accepted, and I started working um, with the editor or the team there for that quilt. And then I, they had asked me to do, um, scrap lab, which is something in their quilts and more magazine where you give a design or three designers, the same fabrics and, um, see what they all create with the same fabrics. So I did that as a guest. And then they asked me to do, um, to be like a regular contributor to that, And so I, you know, over time, you just start working with people. And then eventually they asked, um, if I wanted to, uh, be a host of a podcast and this comes in. And I mean, this is an important step, I guess, because at the time I was quilting for other people. And so my wheels started turning and I thought like, okay, if I get a bigger audience or if more people hear about me, then what? And Mm -hmm. really, I was quilting one quilt a day, you know, one, I can only do one quilt Mm -hmm. at a time. And so I was thinking like, all right, if I get, you know, more requests for quilting, I could get a second machine, which has never interested me or how could I scale what I'm doing in a different way? And that is, sort of how my brain started thinking about scaling and teaching multiple people at the same time, rather than just like what I could do one at a time at my machine. So that opportunity was instrumental in in helping me, I guess, think about my business in a different way at a, like playing at a bigger scale or, you know, being, uh, trying to, yeah, trying to scale. So that, um, I accepted the, the opportunity to, uh, host the interview portion of their podcast, all people quilt. And I, um, I realized, you know, that I wanted to see what I could do with my own business, you know, teaching other people how to start businesses for themselves and, and do the long arm quilting for other people. And so I, I had so much fun like doing the interviews with people, but I knew pretty early on that it was going to be like, I needed, I owed myself the chance to, um, focus more of my energy and time into, um, putting that into the long arm league, which wasn't really even a thing when I first, you know, accepted that, um, opportunity. And then as, as it went on, I thought, oh, I could try this. And so it was a a six month stint, but I, I loved it. And it's like everything else. I just, that the exercise of doing that and it helped me think through some things and I learned a ton, you know, and Mm -hmm. and that I guess has been, um, I get, I wanted to circle back kind of to, you know, where the pattern writing wasn't a failure because of all the things that I learned. And so like when I was doing the pattern design, like there's so many skills that I learned 
then that have helped me today. You know, like I feel like it all counts. And even if uh, something feels out of alignment or it starts um, not being as great as you thought it was going to be, like the things that you learn, um, they all transfer it seems like that's been my experience is that you just retain those learnings and then apply them in a new way and then you know eventually if you keep checking in with yourself and you can really do what you want to do and that's a really exciting thing yeah I feel that so strongly I mean and again I feel like that comes to the mind you know how you look at things because you could look at something and say well that was a waste of time that was a failure but I love I mean it is what you make of it. If you look and say, wow, I've got so much experience. I learned so much from that. And, and it's no knowledge or experience is wasted. You know, you can apply that. So I love that. And then my other area that is intriguing to me, and I think our listeners too are going to be like, what, tell me more. Your husband was able to quit his job. And now, I mean, how did that come about? Tell us more about and why he did that. They're probably like, well, great. He quit his job. Why? I mean, so let's (laughs) dive into this. (laughs) Okay. Well, going back to passions, like, I think he was always jealous of me having a passion and him just like, we got married fairly young. We started a family fairly young. And so when he was still finishing, finishing up college when we were expecting our first child. And so when this job opportunity came about, he, um, he started working at a car dealership as a service advisor. So like when your, you know, car needs some work, you bring it in and he's, he was like the point person to talk to the technicians and, you know, schedule, um, work being done. Well, that was because we had a baby on the way and, you know, it was a great opportunity. We were so thankful for that um, job, but it wasn't like he, he's never been a car guy, you know? Mm-hmm. And so there were things that he just, um, it wasn't exciting. It wasn't a passionate thing for him, but over, over the years, like he had been there. Um, he ended up being a manager and overseeing maybe like 80 some people at a time. And that was a very stressful thing. And, here I have this passion and I'm growing the business, um, something that I just loved and I could have used more help doing, but it wasn't there yet. You know, it wasn't making enough money to sustain our, our whole family, but then uh, coronavirus happened last year in the pandemic. And so when the economy, um, you know, all over the place kind of shut down, that was a very, um, interesting time for so many people, but the benefit that came out of it, you know, we were scared obviously about like Mm -hmm. nobody was coming into the dealership or, and there was like this two week shutdown, shutdown type of period. And so the, we weren't really sure what that was going to mean for him at his job. And also he would always work these long hours, but because things had slowed down so much, he was able to basically cut back. Um, I don't want to say part-time, but it was probably 30 hours a week. And so during that time, we would just, we like to walk together a lot and we would Mm -hmm. just walk and talk and like, think about the future. And that is when we started thinking like, what if, what if you quit your job and just like helped me build long arm league? 
And that became more of a theme. And also like just having so much more time at home, I just felt like so much more at peace and like his body felt better not being Mm -hmm. under stress and having the time to exercise and having like taking a slower pace. Like that just felt so good to both of us that when he had to go back full-time, I legitimately missed him. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want you to work full-time. Um, so that is when we really started thinking, like, could we do this? Could we make it work? And that we just stopped spending money. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We started saving as much as we could and set a goal of at the end of the year. Um, and this was probably like May, I want to say, or even earlier that we started talking about it. So we just, tried to save as much money as we could. And then he um, gave his notice at the beginning of December for the end of the year and he quit. And at the time, like we have had about six months of savings that we felt good about that. You know, we knew that my business wasn't going to just stop entirely, Mm -hmm. but it was just like still making that leap of faith that it was going to be okay and that we could, um, we could ramp up what the business was doing to, you know, eventually cover both of our incomes. And that has been a really interesting, um, and positive experience. And like, we're just so glad that we did it. And he never had more than like, I don't know, 10 days off of work ever, you know? And so like at the beginning, it was like, okay, does it, does it feel like he's on a long vacation here or, you know, is this like how we live our lives now? And so that that's been really exciting and really fun. And he has been amazing. Like he doesn't know, he knows more about quilting than the average person just by being, um, being with me, but he has learned a lot. And by bringing him into like our daily process and like how things work, um, he's, uh, grown so much in his knowledge and he's eventually, um, well, we, st- we tried a Facebook ad this week. Like he's, there are things Ooh. that he's just going to like take over, um, eventually as he learns more, but I'll, I will say too, that he has been above and beyond for like the household stuff too. Mm-hmm. And just being a support where I was having to do like so much of it before with the kids and the cooking and the cleaning and the laundry and all that um, stuff that he has just stepped up in countless ways to his goals. Like, I just want to make it easier for you so you can do what you're good at. And so that has been really, uh, it's just been beautiful. Like I've, I've loved that part. Um, so we, we've been doing really well. Like, um, awesome. it's gonna be interesting to just to see, cause we changed a lot of things with the league. We were only open for like v- these very short en- enrollment periods. And then we decided to open it up all the time. And so there are things that like foundationally or structurally would that had been in place with the long-arm league that we we're trying new things. Mm-hmm. And so that felt really, um, scary <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because I, I knew it was working in a certain way and I didn't know if it was going to continue to work. So like we had a good January and then February was like so bad, like not making very much money. And then, mm-hmm. um, March has been a lot better. 
And then, so like, it'll be interesting just over the course of the year, as we really find our groove to know, is this going to be like a seasonal business or is this going (laughs) to like, just, just figuring out how it's going to work is, um, it's just taken a lot of faith and trust. And I, I'm glad that we made the leap, but then also if it doesn't work out, like he's still totally employable. Mm-hmm, <laughs> I'm totally, not, <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I won't be finding another job, but like if, if something goes wrong or we just don't like it anymore, it, it creates division. Like, cause our marriage is like our, our priority. So I would right. much rather let something else happen with the business than, you know, to put our marriage in a situation where we're like, Ooh, Mm-hmm. get away from me. I don't like to be with you anymore. <laughs> we would try something different before that happened, but, um, so far so good. And I'm, I am just, sometimes I just want to pinch myself. Like, is this, are we really doing it? Are we doing it? Like it's two, it's only been three months. So right. it, you know, I think that's worth it to say, like, this isn't just, um, how it's going to, I hope it's how it's going to be from here on out, but, um, also giving some time to like, really settle in. And I had heard people talk about, um, like, don't make any rash decisions until you've been doing it for like a year, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I don't, I don't want to pretend like I know everything that we're going to encounter only being three months in, but I am glad that we took this chance and that we're giving it, I, I think in marriage and in life, we have been able to figure things out together before and do hard things. And so then, you know, it's kind of like a overriding sense of we can figure this out. Like, well, we let's trust ourselves to be able to figure this out. So Mm -hmm. that's what we're trying to do. I love it. I love, well, two things in there. I mean, and this is a conversation for a whole nother topic, but him as a husband being comfortable with stepping back and taking on that supportive role and doing the house stuff. So that's a beautiful thing. And, and I also, I mean, speaking as a business owner to other creative entrepreneurs, I love that, that what you said about like January is great, February, not so much and not freaking out and being like, well, it's all over, you know, and pivoting. Now you're trying the open registration all times. You'll see how it goes. But I feel like it takes that to be successful, try these things, pivot, test it out, see what's working and just keep, you know, making those changes. So I like that a lot. It's only a failure at the point where you give up, you know, like, I think that we can just continue to recalibrate and, be dedicated to finding the solution. So yeah, it's, it's not, not anything that we're going to freak out over right away. Um, but just, I, I know that there's so much potential and so much opportunity and like exploring things that we've never tried before, like Facebook ads or like, you know, I don't know what else, but just, just trying new things. Yeah. Facebook ads. That's a chat for another day. I'm just starting those too. So I know. <laughs> Don't know what we're doing uh, at all. <laughs> <laughs> we'll chat about that another time. But, um, and then I did want to, I, okay. I know that you took a membership course from Stu McLaren. What's it called? Yep. It's, uh, it was, it's called tribe tribe. So you took that have, are there other classes you've taken? I feel strongly that the more I invest in my business, whether it's classes or whatever, and smart, you know, not just throwing money in the wind, but what things have you invested in that have really paid off for you? Yeah. Okay. I wish I could, I could name a bunch of other things. Tribe was 
really the first and only thing that I plopped down a bunch of money for. And I had never done it before. And I seriously freaked out. I just don't like to spend. And that's, that's like to my downfall almost, but I think it's different when I reframe it Mm -hmm. (laughs) and think about it as an investment. So I was able to pay back, you know, I I was able to make that money back that I spent on try very soon after. And that I think has helped me. Oh yeah. I do have something else that I, um, I guess in a, in a course type thing, there hasn't been, there hasn't been anything other than that tribe thing, but I joined Rachel Rogers membership and it's called, we should all be millionaires. And Mm -hmm. that is something that it's an ongoing type membership where you get access to coaching calls and within her membership, there are courses within that. So you, you know, pay and then you have access to the courses that she has created. And so that has definitely been, um, that was an investment too, or it's an ongoing investment that I would have never, ever, ever like that's something that I would never paid for. Like I prided myself in not ever spending money on anything. And that's Mm -hmm. not a good way to live. (laughs) (laughs) But you feel like it's beneficial. It's helping you with your business. Yeah. I love being able to, and this is, I don't know, this is maybe a topic for for another time too, but I'm just going to throw it out here that I wondered if being around other business owners that weren't craft focused, would mm-hmm. also be um, help us to see and value our work and our time a little bit differently because I think there can be some negative mindset things with pricing, with like offers, with um, comparing ourselves to what other people are doing. And I didn't want to get stuck in the trap of um, or only seeing possibilities within the quilting world or within the craft world, because I think there are ways that we can look to see what women and primary, this, this group is not only, I mean, it's geared toward, um, female presenting or, um, entrepreneurs. It's not all women, but, um, that's the focus and to see what people in other industries are doing and, and, seeing the possibilities out there. It wasn't exactly, I don't, I don't don't want to say it's an intentional choice because there's so much to be gained from talking shop with people in the industry too. Like even I have done a lot and I, I think that's, um, that's a wonderful thing too, but not to the exclusion of all other industries, you know, Mm -hmm. I want to see what other people are doing out there to get ideas and to also just like be able to stand in our value too, with like Mm -hmm. the, the time and expertise that we're giving in our businesses, like to see other people do that and charge X amount for that is validating. So with that in mind, okay, I'm going to try and explain the long arm league and then correct any Ooh, mistakes. Be fun. <laughs> so you have created this long arm league where you, your target audience is people who own long arm machines and you're trying to help them grow a successful business where they can get as many customers coming in as possible. Is that right? Yes. Yep. That's true. And so, so oh, oh, 
No, go ahead. <laughs> okay, I will go ahead. Um, so yeah, like that is we when we began, it was more just like I want to sh- I want to just tell everybody everything I know, you know, as far as like what threads to use and what how I choose designs and like really trying to articulate and hone in on like what I think helped me be a successful quilter in that like I had as much work as I wanted to have. Um, so that's how we start it. And it is just starting, like you have to start and then you refine who you're talking to, what they want. You have to ask what, what do you want? What, what are, what are the things that are helpful getting that feedback? So like the biggest thing is starting and learning as you go, but, um, we weren't necessarily talking. I mean, when, when our group started, we started with about 60 people and that was, they were mostly, um, people who had already been serving other clients or their clients in, in business. They were in business to some degree. And so I was just putting week after week, I would just like, okay, let's talk about this and let's talk about this. Um, and then over time we started getting people who were way new to quilting. Like maybe they just had their long arm delivered and wanted to start in business. And we didn't really have great resources to say like, okay, start here, do this, this, and this, and then this is phase two and this is phase three. So over time, just by serving the, our members, we, I've noticed that that was a, a lack of, um, clarity, I guess, of what we could provide. So within the last, you know, four or five months, we had been working on getting a course ready for people just starting in their business. So it is, it's very much the getting started steps and, um, basics of long arm quilting, you know, sharing techniques, working with, um, clients, choosing designs, talking about finances, talking about pricing, like getting your website ready. So it's all of these starting steps that really, um, came because I wanted to be able to say, okay, you're a beginner start here. Um, and so now the long arm league offers a course called rookie season. And that is for the, the beginners, um, who are starting, it's very much business focused. Everything that we do has the business owner in mind. And then, um, as kind of like after they graduate, they can join the regular league membership and that is ongoing. We put content out every Wednesday. Um, and we have a private community, um, that we use Slack. A lot of people use that for, you know, their jobs or whatever. Um, but it is a responsive, like I'm having this problem, please help me. Mm -hmm. Um, talking with other long arm quilters about, um, the things that are coming up day to day in their business. And so there's that there's little lessons. We do a free design, um, every month or pantograph design that they can then use for their clients. Um, and we do, um, coaching calls that are recorded and then we share them with the, um, entire membership. And that gives, there's been so many good things that just come out of being in discussion with other people. And I, even though I've been quilting for a very long time, I am learning new things constantly just by listening to what other people are doing, um, helping, um, 
helping apply some of those ideas to, you know, other people that I talk to. I feel like I'm a, a collector of information and, mm-hmm. and a disseminator of information because <laughs> it, it seems like there's, um, there's so many things that are, that we can all benefit from. So the league membership is a bit different than the rookie season course is a very, um, like it's a seven week get started. And then once you've graduated, you can join the league. And that just, that goes on for always perpetually every Wednesday we put out new content and then people can join the league, um, at any time. Um, but we do ask that they are, they have started their businesses already. And if not, then they are welcome to join us with rookie season. And then if they want the ongoing support, they don't have to opt. You know, it's not a year long commitment. If they want to just take the rookie season course and um, graduate and start, then that is totally fine too. They're separate offerings. And I think that's smart. You know, as you've gone throughout your business, you've seen, I think it adds a better value to the people in the membership where you're not having to dilute it with the beginner questions. Right. And then the beginners aren't feeling frustrated with, I, well, that's not even applicable to me because I'm at the beginning. So it just adds yes. a better value. And I know, cause I've used some of your long arm quilters that you are producing some great quilters. So Ooh. shout out to the long arm league. <laughs> Yay. Yay. I'm so glad to hear that. I, what I've noticed is that they care so much. Like you would not even believe how much they care about giving, um, fantastic results. And they are very invested. Like they've invested in all sorts of ways. You know, that if you've shopped for a, a long-term quilting machine, you can drop 40 grand easy mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. on your equipment. So these are people that are very invested in, um, doing a good job for other people. And they, they care about providing their, the, best service that they can. And I, I just love seeing how much they care and want to learn. Like that mm-hmm. just, I love that. I do too. So just to wrap it up, where can people find you? Yeah. Okay. So longarmleague.com is where we're going to have more information about the course, the membership. Um, we're on Instagram at longarmleague. I am at threaded quilting on Instagram too. That's kind of where I started. Um, sharing what I was doing, um, back in the, you could probably scroll back and see the pattern right today. <laughs> um, but then like sharing the quilts that I had quilted for other people and I still, um, post there occasionally. Um, but those are the best sources for more information. And if there are any long-arm quilters out there who want, who are interested, go to longarmleague.com slash from craft to career. And I will have resources there that you can check out just kind of a one-stop shop to give you some goodies. Perfect. I'll put that in the show notes too. So if anyone doesn't, well, if they didn't write it down or whatnot, but perfect. Thank you. This was so fun. And I am just really excited about you, your husband, your family, this new adventure (laughs) that you're on. So thanks for taking time out to come and talk with us. Oh, I love talking with you all the time, but this was especially fun to be recorded. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. We'll see ya. Bye. I hope you loved meeting Jess as much as I enjoyed chatting with her. She is truly one of the people that I turn to when I'm in a weird headspace. She's been a cheerleader, a supporter. I just am a big fan of Jess. So be sure to check out her website and see all that she has going on. It's really cool. 
Be sure to join in next week where I will have a business coaching call with a small business owner and we look at their business and I share tips just specifically for them, but I promise the tips that I share will be applicable to anyone who has a small business. So be sure to check in next week and I'll see you next time on the Craft to Career podcast. 